All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm not really excited to hang out here, not going to lie. This was, a, this was an unfortunate one for the Nuggets. They drop Game 3, losing to the Phoenix Suns 121-114. Uh, they still maintain a 2-1 series lead, not have to worry about that as much, but uh, this was always going to be, like, it was supposed to be a series. Everybody was supposed to be playing well, and I think Denver was, like, I think Nuggets fans especially, were even a little bit surprised to be benefiting as much as they were uh, from those first two games, and then with the defense the way that it was played, with Chris Paul going out, I think Nuggets fans probably thought that this was going to be a little bit of a rollover, but uh, not a rollover in reality. Uh, unfortunate timing there for this game, but it is what it is. Like, this is not a surprise. I don't think anybody should be caught off guard here that the Phoenix Suns were able to win their first game at home when Devin Booker and Kevin Durant combined for 86 points. That's just kind of how this thing goes. And I don't want to belabor the point because there are real takeaways from this game. There are things that the Nuggets have to do better if they want to win the series. Uh, And the Suns, because of the talent of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they have the ability to win this series still. And and they recovered nicely in Game 3. And I do think that, in general, uh, Denver, they've still got some things to figure out. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but... First and foremost, I do want to just talk about this. Uh, look, Devin Booker had 47 points on 25 shots. He attempted two free throws, and there are the last two points that he scored in the game. Like, this was an unbelievable Devin Booker performance because he had 47 points. But on top of that, he also had nine assists and turned the ball over just three times, was a plus seven in a seven-point victory. He was the difference maker in this one for Phoenix. and. That's a that's a tough thing for Denver to have to rise above. Like, I don't know if Denver has the like. They, I don't think they have a guy that's capable of putting on that performance right now. Now Jokic is doing it in a in a little bit of a different way, and, and obviously was fantastic last night as well. He was a plus five, and so was Murray. By the way, nobody wants to mention that. But uh, I I think that what Booker did last night was unbelievable, and and he deserves a ton of credit for that. And. That's just what happens when you're playing an opponent. That's what happens when you have an opposition that you have to face. So they're not just going to roll over and die. I think Nuggets fans figured that out when watching the Minnesota Timberwolves and Anthony Edwards. And you, you face guys that are really talented and, and they're game planning for you just as much as you're game planning for them. And it, It's never as easy as you're hoping for it to be. And I think Devin Booker really showed that last night that even when the Nuggets had done a pretty good job of defending the Suns, Devin Booker, I think, rose above that in this game three and has, has just been fantastic this entire playoff round, like or this entire playoffs. He's he's probably been the best player in the league, uh, or at least very close to it in these playoffs. And so it's just unbelievable to watch sometimes. And and like sometimes you just gotta tip your cap. That's that was kind of my point from the game thread la- or the game story last game where I'm sitting in the bar. I'm sitting in uh, in West Rail Tap and Grill in Lakewood where we did our Stiffs Night Out for Mile High Sports. And, and that was a, a really fun time and really enjoyable time. I I uh, hope everybody, if, if you're in Denver, if you're in, in the Colorado area, make sure to hit up the next Stiffs Night Out if there is one. Like we, we'd like to do them more. Uh, but it was a crazy thing because Booker, every time he looked up, he was making a shot every single time. And when you go 20 of 25 in a game, that's obviously going to affect things. And Denver, I, I think there's been a lot of criticism of Jamal. Some of it right, some of it wrong. There's been a lot of criticism of uh, Michael Malone and his rotations and sticking with the same eight-man rotation. But this was the first time that that had really gone awry. Uh, and Sometimes you just got to tip your cap. Like, I think that Denver has some things to figure out. They, they will adjust. They will regroup. They'll try to play better tomorrow. But I'm not really like, like can Devin Booker do this again? Maybe. Maybe he can. And if he doesn't, then maybe Denver wins. And that's, that's I think, where we're at with this. Like, Denver can play better than what they did. 
and Phoenix definitely has room to regress. So we will see what it ultimately looks like. Uh, but I do want to now get into this. Uh, Denver's defense allowing 121 points in this one. The pace of this game was a lot faster, or at least it felt that way. Uh, just watching it both kind of in real time, but also just watching in uh, some of the clips later. It definitely felt like the Suns capitalized on higher pace, where Denver, they turned the ball over, they uh, make a make an error, make a mistake, whether it's a bad shot, whether it's a, or even after a make, honestly. Like the Suns, I think they did a really good job of running the ball, and a lot of their shots came early on in this game and early on in the shot clock. And it was before Denver's defense was fully set. They they ran in fast break opportunities, but also that secondary fast break opportunity where you have an opportunity to create easy offense uh, for guys like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant that, that are very capable of, of making those kinds of shots. And uh, Kevin Durant, I think I still think Denver did a pretty good job against him. Like any, like he went 12 of 31, but he did go 14 of 16 from the free throw line. Uh, but like he turned the ball over zero times during that during that stretch. And Denver's just got to do a much better job. I thought that KCP in particular was bad in this one. Like it's it's his job to slow down Devin Booker, to slow down Kevin Durant, and I don't think he did a good job at all. Uh, I think that Porter got caught out of position a couple times. I think that Murray was a really big culprit in a lot of these possessions. Uh, there were a lot of times where the Suns were rejecting the screen when, when Jokic was coming up to the level. So they didn't have to deal with that ball pressure. So they could keep the ball in Devin Booker's hands and Kevin Durant's hands. And when they did that, they had success. They were able to either create good shots for themselves or create good shots for others. And the Nuggets are going to have to adjust. They're going to have to figure out how to combat that a little bit. Uh, it's not going to be easy because those guys are extremely talented, but Denver does have the personnel that they can at least slow them a little bit. But I think that I think that KCP's got to be better. Like that That's the one guy that you can look at and think, okay, you are out there to play defense. You are out there to guard. And Christian Brown got... Five fouls in 10 minutes because he's a rookie. That's just kind of how it's going to be. Bruce Brown, I thought, did better on Booker, but not great. And that's that's kind of what happens when you're not able to put out fully defensive lineups because you're trying to keep up offensively. Murray's got to keep up offensively. Porter, Jokic, those guys aren't great defenders. And so I, I think the Suns were able to take advantage of that this time around. So going to be interesting, going to be interesting to see how this goes. Um, I will say like this. Yeah, I, I I think that Murray knows he has to be better. Like he says, he said he has to execute better. He said he's got to shoot better. And they're like, I'm going to talk about this in the second segment. So don't, don't you worry. I'll be getting around to that. But I do think in general that the Nuggets, they know, they know that Murray's got to be better. They know that Murray's got to distribute the ball a little bit more to his teammates when he's shooting as well as he does. And, and, I think Murray knows that just as well as anybody. Um, this is two games in a row, and we can we can now talk about that in the second segment. But first, uh, we should probably talk about this too. Um, Denver's bench was not good. Uh, there were reasons why it wasn't good. It's not entirely because of the bench. So there's some of it is because of the staggered lineups that Denver puts out there, where Murray didn't shoot the ball in those minutes that well. Uh, KCP when he was out there wasn't great. Uh, Aaron Gordon went like Aaron Gordon shot three of thirteen, and nobody's really talking about that. But uh, Jeff Green was a minus twenty in his fourteen minutes. That can't happen. Uh, Matt Moore was at the game. He texted me after, and he's just wondering not not really a test, but what did Jeff Green do badly in this game? I think the one thing you can look at is say. There were offensive rebounding opportunities. There were running opportunities for the Suns. There were hustle opportunities for the Suns that I don't think that Jeff contained that well. He made a three. He made the only twos that he attempted. Uh, there were definitely good things that he did while he was out there on the court. But Denver lost those minutes, and I don't think he was very impactful in those minutes, Jeff Green. Uh, Christian Brown, as I mentioned, two points. Five fouls in, in his 10 minutes and didn't really make the impact that everybody was hoping he could. Uh, this is a tough spot for him 
for sure, but he's just got to be better. He's got to be an impactful guy. And like, there was a three that he like the three that he missed was an open rhythm three that you just got to make in in that second quarter. And and I think that there are going to be more opportunities like that for him. And and that's a that's something that he's going to have to convert on if the Nuggets are going to win this series at at some point. Like he doesn't have to do it the entire time, but he's got to do it a little bit more. Uh, and then Bruce Brown, 11 points on 11 shots, uh, also got cooked by Devin Booker, also got cooked a little bit by KD. That's going to happen. And I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to overly berate Bruce on that because he's been so good on defense this entire series. And this was one where I think Denver got blitzed a little bit. They didn't really realize the level that Booker was going to get to and that they had to cut him off. I think that the one thing that Denver didn't do great, especially in that fourth quarter, was they were doubling Kevin Durant for some reason and not Devin Booker. Like they let Devin Booker go one on one and were trying to like coax him into misses, and he just never missed. And and maybe that's a, a game plan issue. Maybe that's the players executing the game plan. Maybe you just have to be better defending one on one. But this is something where the defense did not travel. The defense did not travel in this particular game, and, and that's just that's gotta be that's gotta be different the next time around. Um, Denver did some good things on the defensive end, but not enough that I can really think. Yeah, that's a that's going to be very it's going to be very interesting. I'm 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 curious to see what this evolves into. But tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Murray. We're going to talk about Jokic. We're going to talk about Porter. Uh, but I do think that. Most importantly in this game is that the starters were all plus except for KCP and the bench was all minus and Denver's defense was mostly the issue. And there were issues with that starting group, but I, I think that the bench is, and the, the minutes with the bench are the ones that you really got to look at. But either way, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the starters and the shot distribution and everything that everybody wants to talk about. But first... Folks, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our friends at Superbook. Baseball is back and the push for postseason is on for hockey and for hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook. They are the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced shot makers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, or wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back with Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, make sure to drop a like on the show if you're watching this live. Always really appreciate it when everybody hops in and and they and they like to chat. And I know that like look, it's it's a it is a tough thing when you have a performance like what Booker had. It's a tough thing when I, I know that Kevin Durant, like everybody's talking about, oh yeah, Denver was they were fine against Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant still had 39 points, and Kevin Durant didn't turn the ball over once. So even though he only shot 12 of 31, he got to the free throw line a bunch of times, and I think he did his job. I think he he assumed a lot of that responsibility, and, and then Booker was the primary difference maker, where you have 47 points there, just absolutely kicking ass, and that's that's obviously going to be an issue. But if I'm looking at some other things, I'm looking at the five offensive rebounds that the bench grabbed. Torrey Craig only played three minutes, still grabbed two two rebounds in that stretch, and one of them was, was, was an offensive rebound. DJ Warren in his 26 minutes was a plus 20. Jock Landau in his 22 minutes was a plus 10. Landry Shamit in his 25 minutes was a minus 10. So they had some combinations that worked, some that didn't. Terrence Ross, even though he shot two of seven and one of six from three, was a plus eight while he was out there. So you can't look at the individual performances and be like, oh yeah, that's that's the reason why they won the game. But I do think that they found something with Jock Landell and TJ Warren that Denver's going to have to figure out. I'll talk about that a little bit more next segment. But now, let's get into the, the primary part of this show. Um, the balance between Jokic, Murray, and MPJ 
was not good. Um, I think that Jokic was awesome in this game. I think he was unbelievable, especially on the offensive end. Defense, like, there's some stuff that he just can't satisfy. But honestly, they weren't attacking Jokic that much. They were attacking the guy who was, like, when they're rejecting the screen, they're going away from Jokic. They're trying to uh, make the other guy work that that much more. And whether it was KCP, whether it was Murray, whether it was Bruce, whether it was AG, like, I think the opposing group did a, like, Phoenix did a great job against that particular defense. And that was the adjustment that, that you knew that they had to make. But with Jokic specifically, let's let's just get into the positive first. Historic night for Jokic. 30 points, 17 rebounds, 17 assists, 6 turnovers, which is a little bit high. But when you have 17 assists, I'm willing to give you a pass. Uh, but like a mean triple-double, a massive triple-double, a triple-double that's never been achieved in NBA history, let alone by a center. And Jokic did it in 42 minutes and, and was very good during this stretch. He shot 11 of 19 from the field. He was a plus 5. And 30 points is, is a good number. Unfortunately, when the other top star scores 47 and the second star scores 39, like it's a little bit of a different feeling. And Denver, I, they needed a little bit more from their stars. And it wasn't for anything that Jokic did, though. It wasn't the problem from, from Jokic. I do think that there were a couple of times where he overpassed a little bit to Murray in that fourth quarter, trying to set him up for shots that probably shouldn't have. There were a couple of times where Murray set him up on the pick and pop, and it was a wide-open three-point opportunity when Denver was down, and Jokic, instead of taking that three, drove the lane and then kicked it out to Murray for his own open three that Murray missed, and then we'll talk about that, but... Uh, it's hard to complain about the Jokic game. Like, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable in this one. And some of the passes that he was throwing, especially in that first quarter and that first half, were un- amazing. Like, they're just unbelievable. And I do think that it- it's unfortunately going to get lost in this. And, and some of the Jokic- Jokic's best performances ever in these playoffs, in previous playoffs too, have been lost because they've come in L's. They've come when Denver hasn't played at their best. And it's too bad that you can't get these historic games that come in wins. Like, a lot of times, it it is going to be about everybody else in all of this, where Jokic can't do everything by himself. He needs other guys that can really step up with him. Uh, But, I mean, I thought he was awesome in his game. I definitely think that there are times where he can be a little bit more selfish, Jokic. And I... Like it's just it's just too bad that, that this is the way that it came down. Uh, let's talk about Jamal. Um, 32 points on 29 shots is not good. That's first and foremost. I, I want to get that out of the way. I know that everybody wants me to bash Jamal. I know everybody wants me to say, yeah, Ryan, like how can you stand this guy? Like he's clearly not super helpful for, for what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, that's it's partially that. It's partially that, for sure. Like Denver, they needed more from Jamal Murray, and he did not give it the he did not give the right stuff today or yesterday. And thirty-two points on twenty-nine shots is not good enough. That's just not how it has to be if you are trying to match a team that has one hundred and twenty-one points. And that's really the key here is that I don't think that Jamal in this game, like thirteen of twenty-nine, is whatever. But thirty-two points on twenty-nine shots, thirty-two six and five, like whatever measure you want to really go into it with, it wasn't a bad game. Like, I, I think that's what people have to get through their head. It wasn't a bad game. It wasn't good enough. And that's where Denver, like, that's where this line has to be crossed. And that's where you have to start talking about the shot distribution and the balance and, and what specific people are bringing to the table and whether Jamal's taking too many shots. It's pretty wide, widely known that he's the least efficient between him, Jokic, and MPJ. Uh I think that the job of the ball handler, the guy who's creating off the dribble, is more difficult than what Jokic, like not not Jokic, but like Jokic can find ways to get to that zone. And it's tough because sometimes Murray, in the ways that he would be able to get to the rim with a true, like, not rim protect, not like a rim runner, somebody who can either set the screen and be up at the top of the key and, and pick and pop for like 50% from three or 45% from three. Or if, if he's like being paired with a Mitchell Robinson type, somebody who can set mean screens and go all the way to the rim and just be like an 80% three uh, free field goal shooter. Like it's a little bit different. 
I don't think that Murray's efficiency is good enough to be taking 29 shots. I think that he doesn't get to the free throw line a ton. And I do think that this right here, the over dribbling, was it stood out a ton in it stood out a ton, especially in that fourth quarter. But there were more there were more opportunities throughout that game where he was dribbling the air out of the ball. And that just can't happen. Like it, it just can't happen in a game like this where you need to be you need to be on point. You need to be playing well. Everybody needs to be playing well at the same time. And like, yeah, one of the one of the times where he was over dribbling led to a shot clock violation because he didn't realize where the shot clock was at. And that just it just cannot happen. And like, look, I know he wants to be the guy. I know there there's times where he wants to be the guy. I don't think it's selfishness that's making him do that sometimes. I think he feels like he's taking some pressure off of Jokic. And that's one of the things that Nuggets fans wanted to happen. Like, Nuggets fans wanted Murray to be able to take some pressure off of him. They wanted MPJ to be able to take some pressure off of him. And that is what's happening right now. Jokic is playing some of the best basketball he's ever played in his entire life because he doesn't have to do so much. However, I do think that the balance is probably off its axis just a little bit. And and there were definitely plays where Murray's got to get off the ball. Definitely plays where they probably should have found the MPJ Jokic two-man game a little bit more. And that's that's it's gonna cost Denver in this series if they don't uh if they don't find that balance a little bit better. Uh but look, am I going to be am I going to be like overly upset at Murray for missing a couple wide open shots in the fourth quarter? No. Like there were some shots that he missed that he just has to hit. And this is the difference between being a star and not being a star. And this is the balance that Murray has walked for his entire career, basically, where you can't you can't carry yourself like a star. And then when the oh, when the opportunity comes in a game on the road where you have a chance to steal it, if you're gonna take 29 shots, you gotta make the open ones. That's where I think that's pretty reasonable. Now, it was game three. And Denver's still up 2-1 in this series. And for all we know, Murray could have 40 points on 25 shots in Game 4. And I don't think anybody would be surprised that it happened. Uh, but the most important thing from this is that Phoenix went all offense in this stretch. They went they went all offense with a lot of their lineups. They put Shamit out there. They didn't have Torrey Craig playing a ton. They went with TJ Warren. They went with Jock Landell. They're trying to get the offense to be as good as it was to be as high-powered as it was. Terrence Ross played a bunch too. And when Murray takes 29 shots and only scores 32 points, that is going to limit what Denver's offense can do. So I think that he's got to be better, obviously. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm reading the comments section and like, like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, Murray hate right now. Uh, I think that people forget that he won them game one, or not not entirely, but he was amazing in game one. He was horrible in game two, and I think he was average in game three. Now he's gotta be he's gotta be better. That's just just the straight up facts of it. And if he's not better, then Denver's going to they're probably gonna pay. Like that's that's probably what's going to happen. But I think, yeah. Some of it's just Murray's gotta make the open shots. And he hasn't in the last two games, and that is an issue. If he makes them, then we're having a different conversation. Like we're talking about Denver being up 3-0 people. Like what are we what are we doing here? Like it's it's going to be okay for one thing. Uh for another, I think that Murray understands this and he will continue to try to set up teammates a little bit better. Uh I do think that he set up Jokic plenty and that people don't entirely realize that and that especially in that fourth quarter there were definitely opportunities where Jokic could have taken over a little bit more from a scoring perspective, and he kept passing it back to Murray. And that's what he wanted Murray to keep going because he trusts him. And if Jokic trusts him, then I think the the rest of the fan base probably should too. But say la vie. Michael Porter Jr. uh, started off this game in a very weird way. Like it It was very fascinating to see Michael Porter. He was playing, like he was shooting the ball from three pretty well. But everything else in his game was out of whack. Like a couple turnovers on drives that he had, he was just driving to no, 
driving to nowhere, did not play well, and like, turned the ball over a couple times. Now, those were the only two turnovers that he had in the game, and, and that's a that's an important piece of this, that pretty much everything that Porter did outside of those turnovers, and then he drove into the paint in, I think, the third quarter and then got blocked by KD right at the rim. Uh, other than that, he played a great game and was a plus three. Also, I want to mention that Jamal was a plus five. Uh, just, just putting that out there, that Denver won the minutes with Jamal Murray on the court, and I, it's going to be okay for you, folks. It's going to be okay. Uh, but Michael Porter finally got that three-point shot back. He had shot, I believe, one of four from three in the first game, 0 of two from three in the second, so that's one of six. And in this game, he was six of ten. So he is now up to seven of 16 from three on the series, which is nearly 50%, which is hilarious because that's just kind of the the level of three-point shooter that he is. And it is pretty cool to see. It is, it is pretty cool to see what he's able to do when he is on. And it's tough that Denver had this performance from him in a loss, but it's a good sign, I think, that he was able to get some things going. Some of the threes that he was hitting were ridiculous. And a couple of the threes that he missed, you're like, come on, Mike, you got to make that one when he's already shooting six of 10. So it's it's always a fun thing. He did rebound well. I do want to point that out as well. 12 rebounds is really, really good. Had a block in this game. Uh, played well enough. And, and I think that Denver starters mostly played well enough in this game for Denver to get a win. But this was the first time around that the bench was a big minus. And they're just going to have to understand that that's probably going to be more frequent as the playoffs roll along and as teams have more of an opportunity to scout the bench. So Denver starters got to be even better. Murray, as we know, has got to be better. Jokic probably got to take more shots, even though he had 17 assists. Uh, and then Port, like they've got to keep him going. I don't think that Porter and Gordon should have had the same number of shots last night, just the way that they were playing. But Gordon had 13 and Porter had 14. And that's just sometimes how the cookie crumbles within this offense where you're trying to share the ball out as much as possible. But I do think that if I were trying to set the, the table going forward for how many shots each of these guys should get, I think they Murray should get 20 shots, Jokic should get 22 to 23, and Porter should get about 16. I think that 15 to 16 is the right number for him. And that's the most important thing for Denver is to keep him involved in things and getting him enough shots where he can continue to make an impact as a three-point shooter. But there were definitely times where, hey, you probably should just feed Mike. And maybe that was what game three should have been. I don't know. There were still times where he was making some odd decisions. And that can really impact the game for sure. But I do think that um. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I forgot about the block. I forgot, Vincent. Thank you for reminding the the dunk. I forgot about that. the The KD dunk was crazy. Uh, he was. That was a crazy pass by Joker. First and foremost, where he's being defended and top blocked by Devin Booker. They're trying to avoid him getting the three. And this is what Porter at his best is like, where he has the athleticism to do crazy things like that. Where he goes for the back door. Jokic throws this beautiful pass, this bounce pass, threading it between Booker and Landell, if I'm not mistaken. And then Porter rises up and dunks it all over KD for an and one. Unbelievable stuff from him. And, and he absolutely deserves a lot of credit for that. That's a, that is a great read on the situation. And if you play more two-man game like that, I think that Porter has more capabilities in that general range when he goes up strong. Sometimes he'll go up a little bit weak, and I thought in general he didn't finish that well around the rim in this last game, one of four from two. Uh, a couple of those were some some weird push shots that he had from the baseline. Uh, he missed a shot, another shot at the rim, but the dunk that he had, I mean, that, that makes up for it, right? Like, if he, if he can do that a little bit more consistently, then he's got an opportunity to make an impact and, and win Denver game four if they're able to get it back to him. But we will just have to see what it looks like. But I mean, 21 points, 12 rebounds, very good performance from, from MPJ and a great sign that he can, he can play well in this series. Just got to keep seeing it. All right. Finally, uh, in this particular section, Aaron Gordon and KCP did not play well. They, uh, they combined for 11 points on four of 17. Those guys are your defensive guys. Anything that you get from them offensively is generally gravy. 
but I think that they actually hurt Denver this time around from an offensive perspective. Some of the shots that Gordon was missing around the rim, those aren't good. He's got to be a better finisher, especially in traffic. Like that's that's the thing that he does well is finish through traffic, finish above the rim. And I I remember a tipping that he had. I remember a dunk that he had. But there were some shots where he was like the first plate that they ran in the game where he goes for an isolation against gosh, who was it against? Was it against KD? It was against somebody where he's he's posting up somebody and then kind of fading, falling away in, in that position. That's just not good enough. Like he's just gotta be better than that. So look, he will be. I think that Gordon will be better, but uh Aaron Gordon and KCP have been they've helped Denver win games in the first two. Uh this last game, I think it was each of their worst games of the series at the same time. And so that's sometimes going to happen. Like You're going to play better at home than you do on the road. But if you can get a great shooting performance or a great defensive performance from those two in game four, then it really might make a change in this series. And then if Denver can capitalize on that and go up 3-1, it's way different, has a different feel than uh, being tied 2-2 after losing the, the previous two games at home. So. We will see. Um, all right. Finally here, uh, non-Jokic, Murray, and MPJ Nuggets went 2 of 12 from 3. This is always going to be a thing. Like, Denver's got to figure that out for sure. But I have no doubts that, in general, like, three-point shooting struggles to travel. Denver will shoot better in the second game on the road than they did the first game. I think they didn't really realize how good the Suns crowd would be. And the Suns crowd was was very much into it. They were rowdy. They were they were there. They were ready to go. And and I just think that you're going to get a better performance from those guys the second game in the building than you do the first. So hopefully that comes around too. We will just have to wait and see. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what the Suns figured out in Game Three and what the Nuggets need to keep figuring out in Game Four. And I'll I'll need some chat participation on that one. So make sure to hang out with me for that. But first, this is a message from Scout to Huff. Because I just was drinking coffee and it went down the wrong pipe. So my apologies if you're, if you're listening and you're looking at like, why is he crying all of a sudden? Holy cow. Uh, that is that is the reason um, my coffee failed. So my apologies for that one. <laughs> We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackman here. All right, that was better. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into this final segment here. Denver's got to get a better performance from their entire group. Jokic was unbelievable. Porter showed up in a big way, especially in that second half. Murray, he had 17 points in the first half and then did not shoot well in the second half. I thought he shot okay in the first half. I think it was like 6 of 12, somewhere around there. But he's just got to play better as well. Uh, and then and then Denver didn't get enough from the rest of their group. At one point, Bruce Brown had 9 points, I think, in the first half, but he finished with 11 and did not shoot well in that second. So. Denver's just got to get more. They're, they're going to have to figure out a way to generate better looks. They're going to have to figure out a way to uh, hang out. Uh, thank you, Freddie. I'm, I'm also – Freddie was also crying, especially after after game three. Uh, but, no, it's going to be fascinating to see what the Nuggets end up doing. Here's what the Suns figured out in game three. Here's what the Suns did. DeAndre Ayton barely played in – Barely played, but he did not play as much as Jock Landell in the second half. Jock Landell was really good, and he was especially good offensively, doing the hustle things, moving the ball, making some plays, and just being a good, efficient target who executed the defensive schemes a lot better, I think, than what DeAndre Ayton was giving. Jokic got everything that he wanted against DeAndre Ayton. Against Jock Landell, I'm surprised that he didn't go to the post a little bit more. Surprised that he he was trying to play the two-man game a little bit more and did not go to the post and try to punish that mismatch because Landell is not as big. He's not as strong. 
as DeAndre Ayton. It's an opportunity, I think, for Denver to take advantage of a mismatch where they're going to have to they're going to have to go to that a little bit more. But I do think that Landell's going to keep playing, and he is going to have an opportunity to show what he can do in the rest of this series because I think that Ayton is probably done there. Like they'll play him for the rest of the series. How much they play him remains to be seen, but. I don't think they bench him or anything like that, but there could be some moments where, hey, you, you come down to it in a, in a clutch game five situation, hypothetical, or let's say let's say game four, where you need to win the game. Maybe he plays the first six minutes of the fourth quarter of the third quarter, and then doesn't play for the rest of the half. Like it, it would not surprise me if, if they got into that, but I'm surprised honestly that Aiton has made as little of an impact as he has. He's a minus four in this game, 26 minutes. Uh, but that's a that's a big tell, I think, for what the Suns are going to try to do going forward. Is they're they're not going to play as much of uh, defensive guys. They're going to play more offensive guys. Speaking of defensive versus offense, Josh Okoki started and played ten minutes. Torrey Craig off the bench played three minutes. Those guys combined for thirteen minutes, and I don't think they shared the floor together. So for thirty-five minutes of the game, the Nuggets had an opportunity to play against the lesser defenders that the Suns have. They've got to be better. Like the Nuggets have to be as efficient as they possibly can be in game four because the Suns are going to keep going to that. They're going to play their offensive guys. They're going to try to abuse that and make it so that Denver cannot guard them. And they have an opportunity, I think. I think that this is going to be a very interesting game four for that reason that the Suns are going to go all offense. They are going to try to outscore Denver going forward. They feel that Devin Booker is unstoppable, and they have a case. They certainly have a case. They haven't even gotten a, a fantastic Kevin Durant game yet, which I think that's probably coming at some point. That's probably going to happen. Now, this was a good Kevin Durant game, but 39 points on 31 shots is still not the best. But like I said, he was plus 11 in this game, had eight assists, zero turnovers, still a very good Kevin Durant game. So I think that one of the reasons for that is that they were able to space it space it out. They were able to play with a lot of room. Denver did not execute their schemes defensively well enough against great offensive pieces. And this is something that the Nuggets are going to have to identify. They're going to have to play better uh, covering a lot more ground. And whether that's contesting better on these mid-range shots, whether that is doubling at a better time, whether that's mixing up the coverages a little bit more. Like Denver did a couple of different things. But most of the time, and especially in that fourth quarter, they were just doubling Kevin Durant. And sometimes even doubled off of Devin Booker, which seems like a dumb idea. I I, I would probably not do that this time. That would be my would be my advice to Michael Malone is don't put yourself into a situation where you're doubling off of the guy that has 47 points on 25 shots. But, I mean, we're just going to have to see. I do think that uh, Landale is probably going to play a little bit more. Um, yeah. Freddie also says here, Landale was all over Joker, uh, fouling him all game, and they barely called anything against him. Yeah, like that's that's going to be a thing. And that's going to be a thing on the road, though. And it's, it's something that Suns fans were like, hey, what the hell? Like, how is Christian Brown being so physical with Devin Booker and not getting foul calls? How is Bruce Brown being so physical with Devin Booker and not getting foul calls? Like, this is just what happens. And I, I don't think, I don't want to blame the refs here, but Zach Zarba also, he gave a lot of calls for Kevin Durant. Anytime he felt a little bit of contact, Durant fell. And the vast majority of the time, he uh, got those free throws. Conversely, Jokic had to fight for a whole bunch of position on the inside, and it was just refed a little bit differently, I would say. But Nuggets fans can't really blame the free throws. Uh, Denver had 21, and the Suns had 18. And Devin Booker only had two free throws. Now, he mostly avoided contact with the shots that he likes to make, but Murray does the same thing. And, and Murray had six free throws, and Booker had just two. So it is difficult to just say, oh, yeah, like, like definitely, definitely like a, a biased free throw shooting performance, I, I don't think that that was true. I think that Joker probably, uh, oh yeah, this one, this one was bad though, where Joker's trying to, like, it, I think it was Shannon who drew that offensive foul. That was disgusting. <laughs> like, uh, he just falls over and folds into a chair. And I, I think it was, 
I don't think it was Zarba who called that one, but it was very interesting to see. Like, there's no way the ref actually saw that. And it would have been nice for Malone to have that, uh, for him to have that, uh, that challenge at his disposal at that point. But I, yeah, I mean, he had to use it on the, what I thought was a clear charge against Devin Booker when Murray got into his way and it was called a blocking foul and then upheld on review. So look, this is a, is a really tough thing. Denver's not going to get the same level of calls that they got in games one and two. That's just how it's got to go. And I think it's, Honestly, it's fair. Like, if, if you're going to get a biased, nuggets-sided officiating in game one and two, you should get biased, sun-sided officiating in games three and four. Try to even it out a little bit. Now, we'll see who actually refs in game four. Wouldn't surprise me if it was Tony Brothers. I don't think that he was ref the Nuggets game so far this playoffs. We will just have to see if that's actually a thing. But, yeah, I, uh, I, we're going to see. We're going to see. Now let's let's talk about this chat. What do the Nuggets need to figure out in Game Four? I think we've talked about a little bit. Uh, Murray's got to be more efficient, and he's got to be more judicious with some of the shots that he takes. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, I think in general, like if if he can do that a little bit better, Denver's going to have some success. I think the KCP has to figure out a better way to slow down Devin Booker than what's happened so far. It feels like KCP has not made an impact on Devin Booker that much in this series, and the Nuggets are going to have to send more doubles at Booker. Now, Booker's handled that really well. He had nine assists, even when he had 47 points in this last game. So we are going to see uh, we are going to see what it ultimately looks like, but Denver's got to find a better game plan for him. Maybe they should put uh, more size on him. Maybe they should put Aaron Gordon on Devin Booker and try to uh, do it that way. But I don't. I don't know. Like Booker, the zone that he was in in this game three, it's hard to come up with ways that are definitely going to come up with stops in a game four, especially when you know that that's going to compromise the rest of your defense. So that is going to be a point of contention for the Nuggets. How do you slow down Devin Booker? How do you get into his grill a little bit? Because 20 of 25 is crazy, and he only did it with two free throws. And that is going to be, like, I think the one thing that Malone's going to try to do is be a little bit more physical. But when you're in the Suns arena, that's probably going to lead to more free throws. So I'd be a little bit worried about this one. Like, there's a, there's a chance that the Suns win game four, and then this is 2-2 coming back to Denver. So we will just have to see what it looks like. Um Stefan says, uh, can we double with MPJ? I think that length might be a little bit better for sure. Like, that could definitely help out. Uh, I think that MPJ could definitely do that. And then as long as he's okay in the rotations, as long as he knows where he has to go after that, then that might not be a bad idea. But sometimes it's got to be circumstantial. And if, if MPJ is not the guy where, like, if, if he's – we're just going to have to see. We're going to have to see what it looks like because – I do think that the Suns are going to keep going with these offensive-minded lineups. Terrence Ross probably not going to go one of six from three again. TJ Warren made some clutch baskets for them, especially at the end. That push floater that he had, uh, that's that's a tough play. Like, like Denver, I think they got unlucky with that. And the Suns definitely got lucky. So we're going to see what it looks like. But I do think like Denver's in for a tough one. This is going to be a tough one to stop. And uh, Monica, just double Booker. Very simple. I don't think it's that simple. I think that the way that Booker is playing right now, that is going to be that's going to be a tough one because I think he can go for like twelve assists. I think they're they're going to try to set themselves up a little bit where Booker is going to have all of the leverage in the world, so that when Denver doubles, he'll have open shots or other guys will have open shots. And if you double off of KD, like KD's probably going to go for a crazy number too. Um, yeah, we will just have to see, but that's where I'm at on this particular game. I do think that Denver can get better. I think that Jokic should probably try to be in the post a little bit more against Landale. They should probably try to come up with some seals, uh, where they can, if they seal him under the rim with Jokic, then Jokic gets some jump hooks right under the basket. His touch looks really good right now. There's plenty of opportunities where... Uh, you can absolutely uh, make it work. 
Monica, I know that the point is, it's like, it's like, okay, okay, let's see if Okogi or Craig actually makes those shots. But Okogi and Craig combined for 13 minutes in this last game. They don't play a lot. Right? That's that's the thing is that the Suns have now converted away from defense. They are not trying to stop Denver. They're just trying to outscore Denver. And that's the right call. Like Okogi only played 10 minutes in that starting lineup last night. And Torrey Craig played three. TJ Warren, it's harder to double off of them. Landry Shamit, it's harder to double off of them. Terrence Ross, same thing. Like if those guys are going to be out there in those moments, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Denver's going to have a lot of things to figure out, but I do think that the Suns are going to keep trying to go farther there. Uh, they're they're going to try to put Denver to a disadvantage a little bit. And Enigma, I think this might be this is an interesting one. Do you change up the rotation after the first loss? Do you change up the rotation? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's there's definitely an argument for it. There's for sure an argument for it, for sure. Uh, Jeff Green did not play great in Game 3. Bruce Brown's got to be out there. I think Christian Brown has to be out there for his defense. Do you go with a different big man? Do you go with somebody who's a little bit bigger than Jeff? Uh, maybe a Zeke Naji. Maybe go with a more perimeter-oriented player. And go with Peyton Watson, somebody who can, can help you out in that regard. I don't think you go with DeAndre Jordan. I don't think you go with Thomas Bryant. So I, I don't think you go with Reggie Jackson in this situation uh, because I think that they will, like, the Suns will score a whole bunch. They scored on a lot of Reggie Jacksons in the Clippers series. Like, I don't think that Denver can go with that direction. I think that they should go with, continue to go with wing sized players, continue to go with the length and athleticism if you can. If I were doing this, I'd, I'd probably say it's either Zeke, Peyton, maybe Vlatko, maybe Vlatko, but I, that's a tough one. Like, I honestly think that Denver's okay with their eight-man rotation. I think that this is going to be fine. Um, yeah, and, and maybe maybe they do. Maybe they do expand, like like you're saying. Maybe that's, maybe that's what they should try. Um, Brandon asks, what do you think of MPJ at the four with the bench in place of Jeff at certain points in the game? I think if you're looking for more offense, probably a good idea. Probably a good idea for sure. Jeff has been pretty good defensively in this series. I do think that they've they've played pretty well uh, for the most part when Jeff's out there. I think that people forget that Jeff, before this game, had the second best plus minus in the series. Or not in the series, in the playoffs for Denver. Like Bruce Brown was best. And Jeff Green was second best. And I know that it sometimes doesn't feel that way. I know that most of the time Jeff has not had good plus minuses before. But up until this point, he was doing his job. He was doing great. And so I think with MPJ, there are some ways that they can definitely help out there. MPJ at the four is a good one. I like the idea of a Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. Like So you've got four, four of your best defenders and then MPJ. Uh, you don't necessarily have to put out Jamal because then you're going a little bit too small. That Denver uses that lineup that Bruce, Christian, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Jokic. They use it with Jokic at the five a little bit more. I wonder if they could do that with MPJ at the four and slide AG to the five. That seems like a good idea. That seems like something that they could go to for sure. Um, Patrick, I know that uh, Piwat did a good job against Durant at the end of the year. It's a tough, it's a tough call. Like it just is. It just is for a lot of these games. Like, are you going to put a rookie out there in that environment on the road when he hasn't played in the entire playoffs? Like, that's just a, that's a scary proposition. I know that Pewat showed a lot. I know that Pewat showed some good things, but I don't think you go to him in this, like in this spot. I think that you go with the veterans in Game Four, and then if you need him in Game Five, where Kevin Durant is unstoppable. That's the time where you break out Peyton Watson at home in a playoff series like that. But we'll just have to see. Like Denver can do some things. Like there's no doubt that they can. Uh, but I am looking forward to this uh, to the adjustments that are being made here. But folks, really, this is what it's all about. Like this is what the playoffs are supposed to be. I, I think I saw the the title for the DNVR podcast. I think they got it right. Like this is the first little bit of adversity that the Nuggets have faced in the series where. They were up 3-0 against the Wolves. They, it didn't matter that the Wolves won Game 4. Like Denver was coming back for Game 5, and they were going to be okay. Like That, that was a, a pretty strong reminder 
in that particular game that Denver was the better team. Uh, but I do think that this is one where if you're going to want to, if you want to win the series in an easy way, you have to take game four. Denver can win the series if they don't win game four. Like that's like you just defend home court and you'll win the series. But it becomes a lot more stressful if you lose game four and then you're in a tight game five after losing two in a row. So, but this is what the playoffs are all about. This is where iron sharpens iron. This is a tough environment for sure, but I do think that the Nuggets are prepared for it. I do think that they are ready for this moment. But folks, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I know everybody wants Jamal to be better. I know everybody wants less shots for him. I'm just hoping that he bounces back. If he bounces back, puts up 45 points next game, then I think a lot of people will be a little bit less concerned. But we will just have to wait and see for that. Hopefully I'm right. Hopefully he can do that instead of struggling this time around. Should be good. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back tomorrow with a Weekends with Swipe episode previewing Game 4 with him. Should be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be at about noon. Should be good. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the pod. As always, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm not a bit of 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 a bit of